let's play a game. So tell me all about your dog and its glands. 4.30 a.m., dog's like licking itself. And you know when it's like quiet in the room, that's all you can hear is the licking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, like it kept trying to cuddle with me, and it usually doesn't cuddle with me too much. So it needed some comfort. And then, of course, I take one look, and it's like a, I don't know, all size, but a pretty big little like bump coming out of her ass so i picked her up i told my wife all right heading to the vet it's like 5 a.m and like the baby you know david the baby he's all crying so i'm like oh my god not today so went down there two hours later 320 bucks and we're back home and i slept till 11 jesus which was nice oh man i've I've been uh trying to save up for a ps4 so 320 bucks that's exactly where i would spend that money yeah guys yeah, i still PS4. still haven't bought yeah. a kern gen i don't know about you james i think you own one don't you but yeah i got a ps4 i uh, yeah. I had to play the new batman game so yeah. i bought it for that and then now final fantasy 7 the remake i'm just chomping at the bit for that yeah me too uh, I gotta get one, and then I had a, I had some extra money this week, and uh, instead of, of course, you know, just setting aside, you know, an extra hundred bucks, uh, I just went out and like went to every pawn shop, every garage sale, every nook and cranny place, flea market that I could find, and I just picked up a ton of stuff. I sent you a picture. Uh, nothing crazy good. Uh, I finally got Smash Brothers for the Wii, which I've been looking for, and uh, you know, I've been trying. Ah. Yeah, I've been trying to find that for, for cheaper than 20 dollars You know, the damn thing's like $30 now everywhere you go. And, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I found I found Malie, the one for GameCube, so many times for like a nickel. Uh-huh. And uh, I actually had three copies up until earlier this year. I traded off the other two copies at 50 a piece. The damn things are worth like 70 So uh, that was that was pretty good. Jeepers. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll just find Malie one of these days out and about. And I just haven't. So when I found one uh, for twenty dollars, I was like, "Yeah, that's sounding pretty good," because I've been wanting it forever. So I went ahead and picked that up. I, I finally got the second uh, Kotor or Knights of the Old Republic for those not in the know. So I, I picked up the the Sith Lords. Uh, I already had the other one and just a bunch of random stuff. I actually did a classic Blaine J, and that I ended up buying an extra copy of a game I already owned, but it was only a buck ninety-five, I think, for a copy of Beat City for the DS. So that could be a part of a prize package later or whatever. I've got a pile of Nintendo games and Sega CD stuff. Uh, of course, now Beat City. I don't know. Just random extra stuff I've got that... Uh, yeah, if anyone's listening, we'll go ahead and uh, get that out of the way. I've kind of decided if you have in the past or in the future, if you comment on any of our stuff on Facebook at, um, uh, what was our Facebook page, James? Is it worth it podcast? Uh, mm-hmm. 
I'll go ahead and uh, select someone randomly every month or so. I don't know how much on top of it I'll, I'll be. You know how I am, guys. But uh, I'll just select someone randomly and send you a message via Facebook uh, telling you that you've won a prize. And if you give me your uh, contact information, I'll send you out, you know, a little something, a game of some kind or something retro gaming related or something. So maybe some incentive to get some of you guys that are on the fence of whether or not you want to go to the page and like it and then comment on something, you know. Uh, that is part of the deal, guys. You, you have to have had liked the page. I'm not going to give it to just some rando that decides to tell me to f off or whatever so you know like the page and then comment on what any of the number of questions uh, that we post on there uh, james and i both try to post random stuff up and you guys have been really good about talking on that and uh, yeah it's been a lot of fun anyway uh other than that haven't, haven't been doing a lot you've been uh you've been playing anything new outside of the game that we're doing for the the show oh man no i have not i'm just yeah. thinking I did, um, I, I've been just player one. Yeah, right. I uh, just, fini- just finished it, and I loved it. Yeah, I got um, that. That should be something. We could probably do a show on that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing a movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, directing it and producing it or something. But I don't see how they're going to make this movie because there's, like, so much licensing they're going to need to get. Yeah. I mean, not, it's not going to spoil anything, but the main character has like an X-Wing fighter, a DeLorean, and a Firefly class like starship, like all yeah. of his possessions. Oh, cool. And it's like crucial that he, they have that in the story. So I'm like, it's going to be tough to get, you know, Disney and whoever owns Paramount owns, I think. Or no, I don't know who owns. I was going to say, I don't know who owns them, but it's gonna DeLorean. Be I mean, at this point, I mean, that guy went to jail for what, selling Coke or something. And, and there's no telling who owns that IP at this boot, point. So it's... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I did order the uh, Atari Flash 7, so I'm looking forward to getting that. I mean, oh, cool. He plays, in the book, he plays all sorts of Atari games, so I'm yeah. like, I got to get, uh, get oh, that man. and mess around with that guy. I tell you what, man, the Atari... Uh, yeah, I, I know a lot of... Some of you people listening may even be like Atari uh, enthusiasts or whatever. There's For me, it's like there's nothing on that system that I care for at all. Um, I own, I own a boxed complete Atari. I had one when I was a little kid. It's the first system I ever had. You'd think I'd have some nostalgia for it or something, but outside of like Pitfall and Galaga and, you know, some of the Joust is the only one I want to play. That's it. But even those, the, the, the best games are remade on other systems and they're far superior. You know, I, I prefer the, uh, Oh Yeah the joust on the nes over the atari and so on and so forth so yeah i i went through i think i've told this story before but i bought a atari and like a buttload of games and as soon as i got one i went out and i knew where someone was selling just atari games for 50 cents a piece and i bought every game he had that i didn't already get from that bundle so i ended up with quite a few and i brought home i plugged it all up damn thing still works like a charm and uh i'm just playing one after another i give every game about two to three minutes you know and figure out what it's all about and i go through the entirety of it in a couple hours and i go there wasn't one thing in there that i'd want to play again really and so i looked up online what are the most must own atari games and i think seven out of the ten on the ign list or whatever it was i found i already owned and i was like really (laughs) because these weren't very good um there there are a few that are you know they're good for the atari but i mean there's just not a lot you can do with uh, four bits and and just notoriously hard to program for and whatnot uh really not a lot you can do so 
but you yeah. know, nostalgia uh, paints a pretty picture for a lot of people, and they they really enjoy that system. And I lo- I'm literally right now sitting in in my game room wearing an Atari logoed shirt. So you know, it's not to say I I don't appreciate Atari guys, but it's like there's no role playing games on Atari, which is my favorite stuff. There's you know nothing outside of very simple things even the the pac-man that's on atari is a really bad version of pac-man the donkey kong is a really bad version of donkey kong or or not very good anyway it's uh it's they're fine they're playable but they're they're not as good as you would get on other uh, systems and what have you so but yeah i've been playing a lot of uh fallout 3 um Mm. not not 3 excuse me new vegas new vegas Uh, that's the one that was kind of like i've owned it forever it's been a blind spot in my like gaming history and i was looking at like okay what can i play while on vacation that i can really sink my teeth into and i was like well you know i never wanted to start this up because i knew i'd spend 60 hours at least playing it and then i was like well i got the week off so i've been playing the hell out of that really enjoying it um falling into my old tropes i don't know like depending on what game i play i I fall into a certain type of player i I can't seem to get out of it whenever i play a fallout game i always end up playing uh, with melee weapons rather than or melee weapons rather than using like guns and stuff so i'm really having a really fun time like just cranking my uh, melee or melee uh stat all the way to the max and running around with a pair of brass knuckles and like one shot punching robots and whatnot (laughs) it's just like really Hmm. fun to me having a having a good time and of course i go off the rails a lot i'll I'll, I'll go, okay, it auto-saved. Um, I wonder if I could kill this whole town, and I'll just, like, decimate a town and then reset it, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Just <laughs> just stupid stuff. And that's what those games are really for. I mean, they, there are quests and stuff, but you could really play them in any order and do whatever it is you want to do with them and just have your own fun, and that's what makes them so great. So really having a lot of fun with that. But that's not we're gonna, what we're going to be talking about this week or this month rather i should say on is it worth it podcast hello again and welcome to yet another is it worth it podcast um if you're not familiar with the show what we normally do is we pull down a game from our shelves james and i and we talk about it and tell you whether or not we feel it's worth it for its current ebay price hi i'm your host blaine j and with me as always co-host mr james milholland hey yeah and uh if you haven't gathered, um, yeah, we, we talk about a different game every month, and this month we're talking about something that, man, if you haven't played this one already, uh, you're living under a rock or you just don't like good games. The game is Symphony of the Night, which first appeared on, what, the PlayStation back in 90, was it 97, 98? I think it was like 97. Yeah, I think it was 97. Yeah, I was a kid. I remember like... I was working at, uh, this was before I worked at Walmart, and that was the first job I got post at being 18. That was the first time I was able to work uh, longer than like 25 hours a week or whatever it was. So yeah, this this is quite an old game. And if you're not familiar with Castlevania Symphony Night, again, you've been living under a rock or you found this podcast because you liked different Castlevanias. Maybe you're a big fan of uh, Castlevania for the PlayStation 3. I don't know why you would be. Maybe you really like Patrick Stewart or something. But this game um, coined the term... Uh, metroidvania or castle roid if you will um it's basically a game where you you play through and you you do have a lot of systems and we'll get into 
all the different systems but um, you can level up in various ways and get stronger that way and they're also like gates that they're basically areas that you can't access until you access a key to get past them but rather than like say your Metal Gear Solid or like a Zelda game where it literally is a key or a key card or something that gets you to the next area kind of boring instead these gates are represented in various ways they'll be like areas that you can't reach because they're too high and the, your current jumping ability won't enable you to get there or there are areas in which uh, there's a grate and you can't pass through unless you turn into mist um, there are even areas you can't get to unless you can literally fly which comes later in the game uh, am I missing any James? double jump yeah the double jump is the first one you get yeah we'll just go through mm-hmm. them I guess you get the double jump first and these are represented in as uh, relics right they're like these permanent items that you yes. can get yes. that for some damn reason you can turn on and off uh, you literally have no reason that I can discern to ever turn them off except for there is one with the uh, and it's the first one you get to I think it uh, or the second one where when you kill an enemy their name will appear on screen sometimes when that name would appear on screen it would cover up enemies coming at me and I wouldn't be able to see them in time. Uh, I think this is exclusive to the PSP version which is the version I played. I think James, you also played this version, right? Correct. Yeah, and um, what what was really cool about this is it actually comes as part of a... Uh, well, it's it doesn't mention Symphony and I. I think it does briefly on the back that you can unlock it, but it's actually a, a port of Rondo of Blood, which is a game that never came over to here. We got Dracula X, which is kind of Rondo of Blood, but not quite for the Super Nintendo, and that's quite a rare game. And then um, Rondo of Blood was made for the TurboGrafx-16, and I never actually made it over here to the States. Uh, so, really great game. It plays more like a classic Castlevania um, in the way that you're just going from left to right, uh, platforming. Um, you get your sub-weapons. The, the one thing that made the game a little different in that version over the other Castlevanias like say Castlevania the original or whatever is that when you did get a sub weapon you could uh, use a item crush ability which would cause instead of just throwing your axe you would like uh, use up a bunch more hearts and throw a bunch of axes or instead of throwing one dagger you'd use up a bunch of hearts and throw a whole buttload of daggers etc and it was it was really good it's a great game um, a lot of cool stuff there are some secrets in that as well uh, uh, where you can unlock some other characters to play through as and different alternating branches and paths that you can go. So there's a lot of replay value. The game is fucking balls hard. Luckily, they uh, put the unlockable Symphony of Night relatively early into the game. It still took me a good hour to get there. How long did it take you, James? Oh, man. It took me an hour or two. I did it a long time ago. I did it. I bought the game and played until I could get to Symphony of the Night. Then I started playing Symphony of the Night. I'm yeah, exactly. such a great game and indeed and we'll get back into the systems in a minute and the relics and stuff but I do want to mention the very famous beginning of this game because you you do start the game off as Richter Belmont who is the character in Rondo of Blood he's one of the Belmont line and then you fight Dracula um, at the very beginning of the game there's a famous scene where Dracula says uh what is a man but a miserable pile of secrets and he throws down his goblet and then he says how about you and you you fight the last boss of rondo of blood 
at the very beginning of the game. And it's not too tough a fight. It's actually pretty easy. It can't be lost because... Um, What's her name? Is it Maria or someone will show up and say, Richter, I'll give you my strength. And you can't die, but th there, there is a reason that you would want to do better. And do you know that reason, James? No, I don't. Uh, well, I, I, I think I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. What, what, what is the reason? Oh, okay. Well, I, I was going to give you an opportunity to tell the audience. But uh, basically, <clears throat> um, depending on what you do at the beginning of the game, you're playing as Richter very briefly, like I said, fight Dracula. If you gather X amount of hearts, it changes your stats. If you gather, or if you don't gather X amount of hearts, it changes your stats. If you start, or if you do the battle and you don't use any sub-weapons, it changes your stats. If you take max damage, it changes your stats. If you don't take any damage, it changes your stats for the character that you actually play the game as, which is Alucard. And there, there's some pretty... Major. I'm not sure if I knew that or not. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Huh. There's some pretty major differences you can make. Um, it, like I said, if you run through and don't get hurt at all, you'll get some pretty big bonuses to Alucard when you start the game. Um, but yeah, there's a whole list of stuff that you can do online to where it, if you do it in this order and do these things, you get these stats, etc., etc. So yeah, it, it does affect your stats in the main game. Um, Really not so much that you would have to, uh, like, sit there and actually try. Like, I, I tried for about 30 minutes. I fought it, fought him several times. I was trying to do a non-damage playthrough, and I would always randomly get hit by... You know when he, uh, he uh, does the double fireball as Dracula? That always hits me for some reason. Like, I know how to dodge it, but it's just like, okay, well, whatever. I <laughs> just got hit, and I reset. And I, I did that a few times, and I was like, I'm just going to go with whatever I get. And I just did, and it, of course it's easy, because Castlevania Symphony of the Night really is a game that you can easily, easily break. You can make this game as easy or as hard as you want, um, once you get past the first few levels in the game, there's really no reason why you can't just run through it. It doesn't make the game unfun somehow. You know, it's one of those games where it's actually more fun because you're breaking it. And yeah, we'll get, we'll get into that a little bit. But again, uh, you do start after you beat Dracula and you can't lose. Then uh, we see our, our hero who is awoken after 300 years of slumber, who is Alucard. He was in the third title. If you remember, we did a review of the three first Castlevanias for the Nintendo. If you haven't listened to that, go ahead and check that out. Um, and one of the characters is Alucard, the son of Dracula. And again, I didn't realize for literal years, I was in my 20s when I finally realized that Alucard was Dracula spelled backwards because that is just like for whatever reason that eludes me every time if you spell something backwards unless it's like a very small word and very obvious i'm like uh so yeah that, that one got me and yeah uh you play as alucard and he's like super beefy but then uh some shit happens why don't you tell everyone what what happens after that jim you play as oh then you, you run into de uh, death yeah soon after facing the uh the first level, the first, like, well, I don't know, not, not level, excuse me, the first, like, area. Um, this first area, I think it's reappeared in Castlevania in, like, every every game that I think I've played. Just about. Um, it's, like, the entry into the castle, the walkway, um, or the hallway into the castle, and then there's, like, that underground area. But anyways, you get to the end, and death appears, and death takes all of your 
armor, all of your weapons, all of your items, mm-hmm. and you're left with nothing. Yeah. And you have to make your way up into the, like the main part of the castle and start fighting a few of the first few enemies and grab like some crummy weapons. But that's what you got. You got to start all over. Yeah. You start out fisting things, like throwing punches and kicks, which is kind of fun, but not very effectual. And then I think you find a short sword within a very short order. And yeah, you're and pretty. Red Rust. You're pretty after that. Yeah, yeah, the Red Rust, yeah. But uh, you did. You were aware that there's a way that you can keep all the Al- Alucard armor, yeah? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a glitch. Oh. Um, I, I saw a guy do it on, a, um, on one of those speed runs once. Right. I've never actually done it. Yeah, you have to get, like, there's these giant monsters that appear earlier, and you have to get, well, your stats have to be such that your damage is so low or something, so you have to actually do the battle with Dracula a certain way, and then I think there's a code you input to make it even lower. It, like, raises your luck to 99 or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you do that, and then, like, when that enemy hits you, it'll hit you instead of, like, just a little bit, it'll actually knock you if you do it right across the very next screen all the way and you'll just like be shot right past death and you'll never get that cutscene where death just takes all your shit and uh yeah it that's the first way that you can break the game because the alucard sword is really nasty it's uh, one of the best damage dealing probably the third best damage dealing weapon in the game maybe maybe fourth but it's really good the alucard shield is insane especially with a weapon we'll get later on and we'll get into that but really good stuff it makes you uh, almost invincible from the get-go so but because you've inputted this code to make all your other stats except for luck so much lower having that additional armor really is kind of evening it out but as i said with earlier with the relics i think the first one you get is like really stupid it's like it enables you to get items from candles which you'd think well yes that's just a staple anyway but yeah they were just looking to fill space i guess and they were giving us whatever and that gives you the idea that oh so i'm going to get stuff that unlocks various things throughout this game and yeah you start off with uh, very little abilities you have like a really short jump uh, you can dash backwards, which I've seen some people use to, like, really good use. But I, I never really used it much except to, like, exit out of a room really quickly. Like, if I needed to kill something over and over and I walked into a room, I would kill it. And then I'd dash backwards, kill it, and see if it would drop the item that I was looking for, you know. Uh, In the speed runs, people use that as their, like, main, main mode of transportation. Yeah. Because it's faster than running. I, but. I know. It's... <laughs> Oh, God, and it's annoying. It's like when you watch the Zelda speedruns for, what, Ocarina, I think it is, and all they do is that stupid roll everywhere. And you're like, oh, my God, I get it. I get you're trying to shave time off, but, God, how did you manage to play this that many times in that way? It's just teach their own, you know, but I can't hardly watch that crap. Um, Just takes away from the game, in my opinion. But anyway, yeah, and you're very quickly... I think the first thing that you learn that's like one of the gated things is the double jump right I think. Comes, yeah in the first hour or so you get it yeah and and double jump um it's it's been in a lot of games there's tons of games with this ability basically you jump and then at the height of your jump you hit the jump button again and you just get an extra smaller jump so now once you get that you're able to get to some areas that you weren't able to get to previously to grab a few little power-ups here and there and then shortly thereafter, uh, gosh, you, 
you find the mist in the Colosseum, I think, is the next one. Or no, you get the wolf at the elevator next, which... I, don't I never know. really used it. <laughs> There's not much use for the wolf. Um, you can transform into a wolf. He has a shitty bark, which deals next to no damage. And later on, he he can run real fast. Or No, he, mm-hmm. he can run real fast to begin with, but he can't deal damage. Yeah, later on, you get an ability where he actually deals damage to enemies if he's moving fast. Um, you can use him to get through the clock tower area, the area where the bridges fall. And there's those big giant skeletal heads that float around, James. You can use them to run across those bridges. And if you time it correctly, jump, jump, jump. And you can get to an area that you won't be able to get to until you get uh, the bat form. But Mm -hmm. there's really not much further you can go after you get over there. So I think you can grab like a health power up or something. It's kind of nominal and like whatever. And yeah, then there's the, uh, the aforementioned mist, which you can turn into to go through grates and then later on it can be used to kind of bypass areas entirely in the second castle which again we'll get to um and then the bat which is basically gives you the ability to fly and he gains some abilities as well in that um he can shoot fireballs later on which is kind of ineffectual i don't know how how much use you put fireballs to but like it kind of sucked because you shoot a fireball and you're bat just stops midair for a second shoots it and then kind of gets knocked back and like while you're trying to set it up whatever you're shooting at has already gotten you and hit you half the time so really not that useful and he also gets echo of the bat which is uh, later on it does become a weapon but initially you use it literally for one room in the game um to get uh-huh. through like that spiky room or whatever uh yeah, I think that's that's all the forms anyway. You want to go over some uh, God, the the thing about this Ooh. game. Oh, go ahead, James. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, I I was just gonna say the the thing about this game is there the, there's so many systems. This game is all about uh-huh. system after system after system. Just when you think you've got it down pat, you're like, okay, this is about relics and and i get these like abilities to get past these certain gates and stuff and you're like okay that's cool but then there's a whole nother system of spells that you can use uh-huh. that literally you can <clears throat> use from the get-go you have if you know the button combinations to put in basically they're like street fighter move type combinations that you can put in and your character will cast a spell and once you do it once it will tell you how to do it and you can also buy scrolls that'll tell you how to do it from a merchant later in the game but why would you ever buy that you would just look it up online do the move and then you know not waste your money which money is another system in this game there are so many systems but uh did you use the spells at all james Soul steal um, a lot. Whenever I needed health, uh, find an area with enemies, use that, and it would just you know take their take their life and give it to me. Yeah. So that was the main one I used. Uh, the main one I used was that multi spirit summoning one, where it would like. Oh yeah, that too. That too. Yeah, I used that to get through quite a bit of areas. That was uh, actually, and we'll get into that in a second. But uh, that was the way that I got the shield rod to get past that area. But yeah, the other mm-hmm. spells, you know, I if, if you put a gun to my head, I might be able to think of one or two more. I know there's one where he shoots like a single spirit. There's mm-hmm. one where, oh gosh. Summon spirit, and then you were talking about the Tetris spirit, where there's like yeah. four, 
then there's Hellfire, where yeah. he he disappears. He kind of warps to another area of the screen, and whichever way you're pointing your controller, he'll throw three fireballs, kind of like Dracula was doing in the beginning uh-huh. of the game. Dark Metamorphosis, which is useless. It only works against living enemies, which there are like very few living enemies mm-hmm. in this entire game. And then there's Sword Brothers, which I, I don't think I ever really used. And Sword Brothers um, available only if you're using the Sword Familiar? I think so. Summons another sword for a powerful attack. I don't think I use it at all this playthrough, yeah. so it must have been forgettable for me. Yeah. Um, but I have used it before. And then there's the, what you talked about. We should get into the Shield Rod. You were talking about the Shield Rod yeah. How and all of its... Uh, how did you manage to get the shield rod? Because it's a bitch to get. Why don't you tell everyone exactly about what's going on with the shield? I, rod? I didn't. I don't think I even. I didn't use it this playthrough. I. Oh wow. Um, it's something that I. I was, I was trying to make it harder. Like this game, I've played it so many times that I'm like, I find ways to like challenge myself or just try and play it a different way. Sure. And in this one, I. I think I avoided the shield rod. Um, just so I could try using just swords oh, wow. um, this time through, but because uh, it is it is a cheat. Yeah, for uh, sure. What? Yeah, I shield. Go ahead. I I wasn't gonna pass up the shield rod. It's my absolute favorite weapon. Um, so fucking cool. Like you get it in. I think it's the Colosseum, and there's this room. That as soon as you walk in, there's an axe knight, and you see some of these. There's this enemy that comes in triples, triplicate. There's three skeleton warriors that all shoot like rifles, and I think they're like called skeleton militia or something like that. And as soon as you walk on the floor, they all shoot you and shoot that you'll get shot right back out of, out of the room. It's very difficult even to enter the room, but they won't start shooting until you hit the floor. So, what I did was I did a Tetris spirit right there on the thing and it shot those guys and then I summoned it again and quickly ran over and then those spirits like homed in on the next guys because like the whole room there's like this long corridor and it's just filled with these things <clears throat> and it hit a bunch of them and then I just kept doing Tetra Spirit till I was able to get the shield rod it took a couple of tries but I got it and uh, what the shield rod does is it's it's the first item you get that really breaks the game actually um basically in this game you're able to equip something in your left and your right hands a la carte is ambidextrous you can equip uh weaponry you can put like a sword in one hand and another sword in the other and in this way you'll be able to attack like twice as fast by hitting alternately your a and b buttons or whatever it happens to be and that can be good, um, or you can equip a shield, and a shield enables you, if you press the corresponding button, to, of course, put your shield up. Certain shields can uh, deflect certain types of attacks, or at least absorb them, or cause you to take far less damage. They also raise your overall defense, which is good. Um, and the shield rod, what it does is, if you have a shield equipped in your offhand, and you have the shield rod also equipped, then you can press both buttons together simultaneously, and it will cast a spell dependent on what shield you have and every one of them is great except for the alucard shield which just gives you a big question mark and does nothing but every other shield in the game does stuff like uh, i don't know i don't have a list in front of me but i know the leather shield is like a defense up that's a huge one there's one that's like intelligence up 
Um, there's one that gives you like protection from fire and ice and one that gives you protection from darkness, I think, and curses and stone and all this different cool stuff that it gives you protection. Some of them, some of them, uh, summon different enemies to come fight by your side. Yeah. So it could be helpful. The Axe Lord shield summons, I believe in Axe Lord enemy. Yep. Um, really cool looking at a list here I, I never use the dark shield i never used the fire shield but those both summon different mm-hmm. creatures to help you out but yeah it's a cheat that's, that's why that's why i tried to avoid it this round because i was trying to make it more difficult well it's ex- for me especially a cheat once you do find the alucard shield have you ever used that mm-hmm. do you remember or? god yeah yeah it's been a while but it um it like it summons like all the shields, doesn't it? Yeah. And then they all do, they all do, they all hit the enemies or something like that. Yeah. Well, you get all the buffs that you would normally get from all the shields. So you get everything from every other shield that would buff your character up in one way or another. And one of those buffs will give you, whenever you like uh, kill an enemy, you get so many hearts. Whenever you damage an enemy, you get plus eight HP. And then the shield itself, Alucard's shield, becomes a damage a weapon in that if you hold the shield button down and walk into things, it'll deal 255 damage per second. So you can just hold up the shield and it lasts for about a full minute and you can just hold up the shield, walk into shit, gain life and hearts and deal 255 damage per second. So it just breaks the game in half, but Oh God, it's so fun. (laughs) I tell you this is mm-hmm. I, I full disclosure, that's how I beat Dracula, that's how I beat uh what's that one in boss at toward the end of the game that's like just got a million hit points. I built him beat him in like three and a half seconds. I was like, I ain't fighting this motherfucker. I beat him before, whatever, hate me. And I walked up, just shield right in his foot. He was just and he was down and I was like, aha. And just went on my merry way. Of course, at that point, I was kind of getting a little tired of the game. Um, well, I'll get into that later. Not that this is a bad game. This is a wonderful game. But uh, the other thing the shield rod does, and a lot of other weapons do as well, is in addition to fucking spells in the game, certain weapons will cast a spell. And there's nothing in the game that tells you that, hey, this weapon will do this. There are hints sometimes. Like when you get the... Uh, I think it's called the Sword of Dawn. It says, uh, summons ancient heroes to fight for you or something like that. Um, but that's all it says. It doesn't tell you that do a, uh, Hadouken motion, like in Street Fighter 2, attack, and it'll summon a random enemy to attack for you. And sometimes it'll summon, like, a whole, like, militia of enemies to attack for you. Um, the Shield Rod is the first one I noticed, uh, and I'm sure there was some I missed earlier that would do anything and that was uh if you do i think it's uh like a guile sonic boom backwards forward attack he'll shoot out a little uh, spinning it looks like a just a little spinning shield it's actually uh, apparently one of the symbols from uh, gradius or life force or something like that another konami game and um if any projectile hits that shield it'll shoot it back at whatever shot it so you can use this you can have like three or four of them on screen at a time and you can use this to cheese past things that use a lot of projectiles so kind of cool but not nearly as cool as the other ability that the shield rod has it as i said just breaks the fucking game and and the shield rod itself its power is based on whatever shield you have equipped so as you get 
bigger and better shields throughout the game. The shield rod becomes a better melee or melee or whatever weapon as well. So, yeah, it's 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 arguably the best weapon in the game. Um, there's a lot of people that would say the uh, one of a couple others would be better, but arguably one of the best weapons in the game. Uh, did you notice any really cool spell abilities off of any of the uh, weapons you got this playthrough? No, um, I, I just did everything I could to get to the Alucard sword, mm-hmm. got the Alucard sword and just, I used, well, hang on, let me think, I'm thinking of the weapon I use most often. I used a, um, I tried using double swords. These are ones that take both your hands to use. Yeah. And I was trying to go through the game as far as I could with those. I got to a certain point though, where I was just getting my butt handed to me. So I had to switch over, but, yeah. um, it was like the, the mirror, 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 mass immune, mass immune, mirror, massa, like all the, the Japanese, like katana swords. I was working with those, um, quite a bit until I finally had to give up and go to the Alucard sword. Right. But yeah. Yeah. As soon as I got the, the aforementioned sword of Dawn, I was using that almost exclusively for a while before I went back to the uh, the shield rod and such. But it looks so cool. It is a two-handed weapon, and it looks really cool. It looks like a big lightsaber, a big red Darth Vader mm-hmm. lightsaber, which is really cool. And then it does summon the the enemies and stuff that I said you know that will attack for you. Um, but yeah, there was like I found a jeweled sword that I noticed if I did a Hadouken. It would shoot out gold onto the ground that you could then pick up, but it wouldn't add to your gold. So I don't, and it wouldn't hurt enemies. So I have no idea what the use for that was. Uh, the Al- Alucard sword actually does have an ability where if you do, a, I think it's the guile motion, he will uh, warp ahead of himself, attack twice backwards, and then warp back, which is kind of cool. It does a lot of damage. Um, Gosh, what else? There's like a million things that that do stuff in this game, and I'm going to forget the half of them. Uh, oh, there was one that I used a lot in this playthrough. Uh, it was called like the Lunar Rod or something. Did you get that one? I did. I didn't use it. Mm. It's not very good on in it of itself, but it has an ability where if you do a Hadouken, like five crescent moons will appear behind you and then shoot forward. And they deal massive damage and hit multiple times, and it basically covers the screen. And I used it to cheese past some enemies that I couldn't beat earlier than, I, you know, I should have. And yeah, it was really great in that regard. Um, like I said, there's a bunch of others, and I'm gonna forget half of them. I know there's one that like shoots a bow and arrow. Uh, I forget again the half the half of them. But yeah, just one more system, completely unnecessary. <laughs> that you yeah. can uh, use in this game. I, let's see. Let's get into... Uh, How about sub-weapons? What sub-weapon was your uh, oh, sure. weapon of choice? Gosh, you know, and this game has a ton of sub-weapons. Usually in a Castlevania, you have, what, dagger, cross, axe, holy water, um, timepiece, right? It's those five. Yeah. I think, I, think mm-hmm. I didn't miss any. Um game has those five it has those five plus is there five more uh four more Mm, okay i can think of the holy book Mm -hmm. uh that that stone that rebounds the rebound stone Mm -hmm. then there's like call it the booty but all it is is like you throw like dust on the ground 
and it kind of works like holy water. <laughs> it's a uh, garlic. Maybe I'm using it. You're throwing garlic on the ground. It. And then there's another thing. It's like a gun called Awen or Ajuin. Mm-hmm. It's like a laser gun. Um, yeah, it shoots like a I use the dude. dagger. I use the dagger and axe uh, quite a bit. The holy book I'd use from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the stopwatch, you use that to uh, cheese your way through when you fight yourself. Yeah. Uh, Dark Alucard. Um, mm-hmm. I use a little bit of all of them, though, but I think I kept the dagger the most. I like just that projectile that shoots just straight. Yeah. And I can just, you know, cheese my way through stuff. I th- but it's I not know. very strong. I used uh, the axe a lot. I used the book a lot. I used the, as you call it, the gun or whatever. The I, I just thought it was like a lightning, whatever. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Um, I actually found my, anytime the garlic was in the area, I would grab the garlic up because I love that weapon because it's so underpowered. It's kind of like... <laughs> It's kind of like choosing Dan in uh, Street Fighter Alpha or whatever. You're like, yeah, I'm just going to choose this guy that's by far inferior to everyone else. And, I'm, you know, it just gives you a little more challenge. Um, Yeah, I, sub-weapons, like, they were always there in the game. They're just like one more way to do things. Uh, they're never really needed. None of these things are needed. You can go through the game using literally just the attack button and your jumps and whatnot, but they're all there to just flesh out the game a little more. And I thought that was really, really cool. And then, uh, in addition to sub-weapons, you have a series of helpers that you can get in the way of familiars. Um, oh, yeah. This game has... Uh, gosh, is it? It's three in the original game, I think. And then this game has what an additional three, or is it just two? I, I'm not even sure. I think they. Uh, I thought they all had five. You had the bat that follows around your bat. You had oh, the yeah. demon that can press buttons. You had the fairy that uses your items to heal. It mm-hmm. took me a few few playthroughs to realize you, she was using my stuff, but it is invaluable in a lot of bosses. The ghost, which I don't really know what the ghost does. No. Um, it's kind of, the, kind of the same as I think just attacks enemies, but the sword, um, it attacks enemies. And if you get that sword up to a certain level, you can actually use it as a weapon and it becomes like your strongest uh, weapon in the game, but it takes four. Yeah, one of the strongest. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. level past level fifty. I think you can actually equip it. And it's, I think I did it once in a playthrough when I was like in middle school or high school, yeah. but I have not done it since. I've tried, but it well, just it takes too long. I got mine to forty eight in this playthrough, and I beat the game before I could really mess with it. So, is what mm-hmm. it is. But um, yeah, and then the PlayStation or the the PSP version rather has additional ones. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if there's one for each, but there's definitely an additional fairy. I found another fairy. It was this appeared to be the same thing, a slightly different sprite, and spelled differently. Instead of the I-E, it was mm-hmm. the R-Y spelling of fairy. And, yeah, it, it seemed to do the exact same thing. And then a big-nosed demon, which, again... That's uh, right, I remember that now. ...seemed to be the exact same demon. And if there was a difference between them, I didn't see it. I didn't look it up to see whether or not there was a difference. Um, 
outside of appearance, I don't know that there was. Um, the only ones I'm t told, I was reading about it online, that are really worth leveling up, like the fairy, once you level her up like so high, she'll do some really cool stuff for you healing-wise, but if you break the game in any number of ways, she's not really necessary. The sword is by far, everyone says, that's the one you want to level up, if any of them. It's really great, um, especially later levels. The demon on later levels, he'll start casting spells, like fire spells and ice spells and lightning spells and stuff, but it's random when he'll do it. I think uh, the ghost is much the same, like also has some kind of weird spells or something that he'll cast, but is really uh, sporadic with it. And the bat is uh, largely terrible. It's just really bad, but as you level it, it will uh, bring additional bat more of them. Yeah. additional bats and the other thing that it will do is if you turn into a bat it and it's like posse will follow you and uh, attack in tandem with you as you're the bat so you can become a more powerful flyer in that way um again it's really not needed it's just one of those things that it's like if you want to do it you can do it and it's pretty cool um the other really cute thing that that does i don't know if you ever did it if you're in bat form and you have the bat summoned when you turn into the bat uh your your little familiar bat will have a little heart symbol above its head like oh i'm in love and then if mm -hmm. you <laughs> turn back into alucard it has a confused symbol above its head like hey yeah, what's going on question here question mark yeah. yeah and then like the ghost i think if you turn into uh the bat or the wolf no i think it's just the bat the ghost will uh get a confused look and actually fly away it won't stay with you <laughs> so I never use the ghost. No, who does? He's he's trash. I mean, not, when when you literally get the best ones first, and like if you go in the right order, and then you get the ghost later, it's like they're they're giving you something you literally just you're like, but I don't need this, and this is a problem throughout the game. Unfortunately, like nine times out of ten, I would find a new weapon, a new armor, a new whatever it was, and I'd go, well, this isn't as good as what I already have. And I would kind of look at it once and go, eh. And and one of my gripes, James, I gotta say, and the, the another system in this game is the merchant. We'll get to him in a second. But there is a merchant in this game. There is a money system. But he has a very limited inventory. Now, there are some things you have to buy from him. The Jewel of Open. And uh, I think that's the only thing you have to buy from him. But uh, you can't sell him anything except for gems. There are some gems that you find throughout the game that you can mm -hmm. sell them. But, like, old inventory or additional inventory won't let you sell. And as you're playing the game and you're just, like, roombing up all this shit, you're just vacuuming up everything in all the rooms you go to, and all these weapons that you just don't need won't ever use, all these armors that you don't need won't ever use, and multiples of them sometimes. I think by the end of the game I had, I don't know how many red rusts and so on and so forth because they fall off of enemies, you know. And, um you can't sell them they're just like extra in your in inventory and it gets kind of annoying going through this massive inventory to find the one thing you need to equip or de-equip or whatever and i i didn't like that the other thing i really didn't like was the uh the healing system in regards to food and why don't you tell everyone why i hate it james mm-hmm because you got to go into your inventory screen. You have to select the food to one of your hands, either your sword hand or your shield hand. You then have to go back to your game of play. You have to hit the button. And the food drops on the ground, right? you got to step on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, 
and then the potions. I, th- I think the potions you drink right away. Yeah, but I think I think the food you can actually step on, which is which is just so insane. And you get some food that's like it gives you like five HP or ten yeah. HP, like some smaller thing. That's it's like, and then you know they get the bigger stuff later on. But why do you even have the small stuff? I mean, it's interesting. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. I. I like the idea of having all these different... It's kind of like the aforementioned we were talking briefly about me playing Fallout. And Fallout has all these different foods that you can eat to heal you a very small degree. And you use them in lieu of using like your stim packs, or in this case potions. Because potions are more valuable and rarer commodity than the food is. Except that in Symphony of Night, that's not necessarily true. Because you can buy potions from the merchant. And that's about the only thing you're going to want to buy from the merchant. So you just are left with like this huge amount of potions as well and yeah you've got all these foods that i never really used hardly any of them every now and then i would use them for laughs you know here's alicard equip a turkey throw it on the ground uh step on it to eat it whatever you know get your frankfurter which is clearly not a frankfurter it's obviously a a corn dog throw it on the Mm -hmm. ground uh eat it 15 hp Woo. The one I really did like that was hilarious was Peanuts. Did you have an opportunity to mess with Peanuts? I don't think I did mess with Peanuts. <laughs> well, it's like, it says, uh, delicious, difficult to eat, right? And when you use it as an item, Alucard flicks it with his finger up in the air, and you have to catch it by placing his head directly below it before it hits the ground. Mm-hmm. And if it hits him in the yeah, face, gosh. if it hits him in the face, you gain one HP. And if it falls to the ground, you gain nothing. Gosh. Just one of those Funny. multiple things. And then another item that you can get throughout the game. And I never, just another fucking system of Symphony of the Night. Another item that you can get or items that you can get are these like one use items that you can use to either uh, yes. attack once or attack all enemies on screen. And I never used any of them really, except for like to try it once, like, ooh, magic missile. And you try it and you're like, okay, that does what uh-huh. I thought it would do. And, you know, or a ninja star. And then there's like the one that's really good is what a uh, portrait of sire or something like that. Power of sire. Yeah. I always use that one on Dracula mm-hmm. because that is Dracula. So you're using. Dracula against Dracula. Yo, dog, I heard you like Dracula, so I got this portrait of Dracula to use on your Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like a painting of uh, Dracula, and when you use it, it deals like massive damage to everything on screen. It's it's really the only one that's worth a damn that I know of. Uh, I'm sure there's some others that have their uses or whatever, but for the most part, they just sat in my inventory. And towards the end, when my inventory was getting so thick, because you're unable to drop anything else, I was just using these to get, like, less shit, less clutter in my inventory. You know, I'm like, okay... Mm -hmm. So I would just use them just to use them kind of thing. But, yeah, they were kind of annoying. They're, they're Again, it's cool that they're there. Don't get me wrong. It's like, oh, these are neat. But if they had a different use, like, you know what I think would have been cool, James? If, you'd have, if these items were a little more plentiful and kind of like the fairy uses healing items, if maybe, like, the stupid ghost would use these items. You know, that, yeah, I could see that. That would have been neat. You know, it's like, oh, my ghost randomly uses these items, and if they were as plentiful, then it would have been like cool. You know, and not like 
it would have been shitty if he was just like use your portrait of sire or whatever power of sire right off the bat on some you know skeleton jabroni but uh you know if they did the system right it could have been really neat and yeah missed opportunity konami but no not really this game is great uh just again one more system and then gosh have we we haven't talked about the merchant in entirety yet you do get money throughout the game and you can collect these jewels and stuff to sell to the merchant to to get additional money but there's really not a lot you can buy from them i think there's like one technicolor cloak which is pretty funny because yeah. they call it like joshua's technicolor cloak or something and it's from uh the, the technicolor god what was the name of that play the Technicolor Rainbow or something. Dream, dream Coat? Yeah, the Technicolor Dream Coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's from that. And its its stats are nominal at best. It's just a cape. And um, you can... Acquire- I get it every time for some reason. Yeah, though. I spend like I get it. 30 grand. And yeah. I make, it, I make it look yellow on yellow. So I'm wearing a big banana running around the castle. <laughs> for <laughs> Just, just for fun until I get to the next cloak, which is much better. Which, but <laughs> while while we're talking about it, I mean, that's that's the one thing that this game really, really does great is its visuals are just stellar. This is the epitome of what a two D sprite can look like. It's amazing. Alucard himself is gorgeous for lack of a better word he's got like his alucard strut where i i don't know how to describe it if you play the game you know the alucard strut the way he walks is very like very much like fluid fluid and that he's um it's almost a pompous walk in a sense like he's he's very hurried but not overly so he's not exactly running you know but he's not exactly walking it's you just have to see it. It's very cool. And, yeah, everything is just moves just so, and it's just so perfect in the way that it, it moves. Um, the the enemy sprites are gorgeous. They also, um, they're you know, much bigger than Alucard, so you get a little more detail from them. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I don't know, the bosses, I can't think of, like, a real difficult boss. I mean, no. if you just, if you get leveled up and you just had a, Smash the crap out of the mm. thing. Uh, Galamoth is probably the hardest boss, and that's uh, yeah, a, gig- a gigantic like Egyptian devil-looking thing. No, no, that's um, the guy that I just walked into with a shield that I was like, eh, fuck this guy. And then, there, I mean, there's really cool-looking bosses. Unfortunately, you don't spend a lot of time with them because you just beat them so quickly. There's Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies, uh, aptly named, because he's just like hanging from the rafters and uh, you can attack his various body parts to knock them off and as you destroy different limbs and what have you uh, the flies that are surrounding him become bigger and bigger and bigger until you actually beat him but he's he's pretty weak you can beat him and by time i got to him i think it took me 30 seconds and i didn't really have a lot of time to acknowledge how really good he looked and there's the other one that's in several castlevanias and i forget the name but it's basically a orb surrounded by floating bodies that create a oh, yeah. larger globe around that it that thing's weird it's horrific if, if you ever saw that in reality uh yeah that's hiding in the closet time um but yeah you just beat on it until like these bodies start falling to the ground and then once you destroy the shield of bodies you can get to its inner core and just destroy it really quickly um yeah, they no. should have made the bosses more difficult. I don't know how, yeah, but um, 
or maybe like you know some bosses you have to only use spells some you have to use just items some you have mm-hmm. to use secondary weapons just to kind of get us to use these systems or look into these systems more to well, you know, see what's the best but in I don't regards know. to that i read that what they were doing when they made this game was they wanted to make a Castlevania game that was easier because the main complaint they got from mm-hmm. the American audience especially was that Castlevania was awesome, but they couldn't get very far into the game. Um, so they True. wanted to make a game that was accessible to literal everyone, and this is one of those games, much like most RPGs of the era, where if you just spent enough time with it, you would beat it. You know, you could find ways to break this game, and boy, are there some ways to break this game. Um, did you get the, gosh, I can't pronounce it, the Kreshemele Jemenemem, or whatever it's called, that weapon that drops off the spooks in the other castle? No. Yeah. There's a, no. Is that the one that's like, that it swings so fast, there's actually no animation correct. for it? Yeah, okay, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I think it's like... Some enemy drops it like one out of every 300 times yeah, or something like that. Yeah. You defeat Yeah, I've gotten it before, but not this playthrough, no. Right. But that, that, breaks the game, that, that breaks the game wide open. Then it's not even a game anymore. Now you're just walking around. Yeah, you can literally just, as fast as you can hit the button, it will swing the sword. There's no animation for it whatsoever. So uh, if you've got any kind of rapid-fire device, of course, you and I played on the PSP, so that's impossible. But even, even with just tapping it quickly, you can hit so quickly. Uh, you can just deal retardo damage, and yeah, that's one way to break it. There's the shield rod that we talked about, then there's uh, mm-hmm. the sword that you can upgrade to be like really retarded powerful, and then there's uh, there's another sword in the game that's based off of uh, oh no, you have to while you have it equipped, you have to kill living enemies. Is it the Murzaim? It's one of those. Um, you kill like bloody enemies and it will feed off of it. And if you kill enough bloody enemies throughout the game, it'll actually become the strongest weapon in the game. Um, it has the potential to deal the most single damage per swipe anyway. Uh, Girthang. Yeah. Girthang. There it is. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, there's multiple ways to break the game, you know, and, uh, they're all uh-huh. fun. They're all really fun. Um, and when you beat this game, there is no new game plus, um, I think that would have been a, a, a nice thing to have where well, it like, makes is. the game. Well, there is with like Richter Belmont and Maria. Well, I was but just there, meeting there... with the, the upside down castle, which we haven't even touched on yet. Oh, with the, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. Well, no. yeah. To get ahead of that, they should be like a new game plus where you, you get to play this again with all your equipment, but like all the enemies are like way triple. harder. Yeah. Yeah. Way harder. And then you actually have to like think about how you're going to beat these, bosses because you know you've played games where like you learn their patterns and you're able to beat them uh-huh. the game does not have that it's just you know like we said just get a good weapon get some levels going there and just slash 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 move on to the yeah. next boss which kind of um takes away a little bit yeah it definitely does um it needs to be harder but first let's talk about the upside down castle just real quick yes. um, the three of you listening that haven't played this game um when you quote unquote beat the game you can beat it in a number of ways like throughout the game you're meeting up with uh maria who is also in the castle searching for um richter who has gone missing you meet up with richter at one point in your travels in the castle and he is proclaimed himself lord of the castle 
But Alucard is able to smell that he has Belmont blood in him. And then when you talk to Maria, um, she won't believe that he's actually uh, turned evil or whatever. And if you do everything correctly, there's a, a series of things you can do where you find a ring, uh, one gold ring and one, what, silver or something. And they each. Yep, and then you get the glasses. Yeah. They each have an inscription on them, and the inscription, one half says, like, wear this, and then the other one's, like, at clock or something like that. And uh, yeah. you have to get one by doing, like, we said the echo thing. You go through that, and you get a. A optional boss that you can fight to get an armor that's like shield or a spike breaking armor and then you're able to get this one area to get the other ring uh, and then you wear them both at the there's this central clock tower that actually has six let's see one two three four five yeah six different access points um, and you can open them up in various ways. One of them, you just have to use the timepiece. One of them, you have to show up at a certain time and wait a certain amount of seconds and blah, blah, blah. But if you get two, two of these rings, you're able to go downward. Uh, in the PSP version, you fight Maria for reasons. In the original version, you didn't actually have to fight Maria. You would just go down there and she would give you the glasses, which makes a lot more sense, but they wanted to add another boss fight mm -hmm. into this version on the PSP, and that's fine. It was a fun fight. She's really easy. She throws a bunch of cats and shit at you, which, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, while I'm thinking about cats, did you get that really cool item that's just like uh, uh, God, it says uh, heals great off cat damage or something like that? It's like a bangle or something. It, I don't think so. No, not this playthrough. <laughs> what makes it hilarious is there's literally two enemies in the whole game that throw cats. And uh, if you have it equipped, um, there's this witch that will throw black cats at you. And there's Maria that occasionally will throw a cat at you. And if you get hit with any cat-based weaponry <laughs> while having it equipped, you gain 999 hit points. <laughs> it's just like, again, it's one of those things. It didn't have to be in the game. It makes no fucking sense, but it's hilarious. Um, get hit with a cat, gain some HP. Why not? Um, anyway, you fight Maria in the PSP version. You gain the glasses. And then when you get to the very end of the castle after having done hopefully everything else, although you can go back, so it's not that big a deal, um, you fight Richter. And what happens during Richter? Um, if you have the glasses on, you see a like green orb floating above him. And if you destroy that orb, Richter comes to and do you fight Shaft there? Well, he pops out. Yeah, you fight Shaft later. <laughs> he fight pops him. out. Okay, yeah. like Shaft, and uh, he was controlling Richter the whole time. You yeah, damn right. And uh, then, <laughs> and then Richter apologizes, and you move on to the next castle. Yeah, um, the most lowers from the sky. It's the it's the same exact castle you just went through. Yeah. It's just upside down. Yeah. So. And what's there? There's some cool things about this castle. Um, unfortunately, this is where the game starts getting less fun for me. Um, uh -huh. It's markedly grindy, harder than the first castle. Um, the enemies are a lot stronger. It is a little more grindy. You can just grind to get through it. Um, <clears throat> but a lot of it is just they throw so much shit at you. There's so many enemies on the yeah. screen at times. You're just like, okay, this is garbage. The other thing that's not so great is outside of some cool weapons and like two abilities, you can get the ability to turn your mist into poison and to make your yeah. mist last a long time. Um, outside of those two, which are 
you could say that you're you're only given that ability because they're throwing so many more enemies at you that they give you those two abilities so that you can literally bypass areas you don't want to fight through. You know, you just float right yeah. through it. You know, so they're giving you a a way to solve a problem that they just created because up until this point you didn't really have that problem. So it's kind of like okay, thanks. Um, and then there's nothing else really to fight for to gain because you at this point you can already literally fly and it's like hey we got to add more content oh what can we possibly do the main character can fly well let's just throw so many flying enemies around that it's impossible to get through and that to me was a little annoying there was a lot of great stuff in the in the second castle um that I really, I was like, oh man, this is so fucking cool. Uh, you fight every boss from the original Castlevania. Um, and with the exception of Frankenstein, they all look really cool. So you fight the original Bat, Frankenstein, Medusa, the Mummy. Um, I'm missing one, I think. The same items from Simon's Quest, don't you? Uh, yeah, with, uh... you get all the, the blank of Vlad from these different enemies. Um, like uh-huh. the rib of Vlad, the eye of Vlad, of Vlad being a reference to Vlad the Impaler, who a lot of people think that the character Dracula was uh, derived from, from uh, Bram Stoker, and, you know, uh, yeah. cool stuff. Um, yeah, and if you get all five of those items, uh, one is dropped by death as well, then you're able to finally fight uh, the real Dracula. Uh, now, my favorite fight before we move on to Dracula was... Um, they have imposter blank, imposter blank, imposter blank, and those that was uh, imposter Trevor, imposter uh, gosh, uh, Grant, and imposter Sypha. So, Sypha, there yeah. you go. And they're the three who characters. is a girl. I don't care if they say it's a boy, it's a girl. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, especially in. especially in this game, it looks exactly like a girl. But. I know, man, I'm with you, but. I'm just going by what it says. <laughs> it's a boy. Yeah. It, yeah, it's a boy, apparently. Uh, but yeah, you fight these three guys. And this fight, uh, again, all the fights are easy, but this fight's kind of cool because they're the three guys from Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. Um, your companions that, you know, Alucard was in that game as well. Of course, he's largely useless in that game. Like, for my money, Grant Dynasty is the way to go. And it's really cool because they, they incorporate their abilities into this game as well. Grant climbs on the ceiling and is throwing daggers at you. Trevor's just sitting there whipping his ass off at you. Like, he really doesn't have a whole lot of abilities to begin with. But Sypha, if you kill either Grant or uh, Trevor before you kill Sypha, she will cast a spell that will revive them, which is kind of and nifty and she also casts like lightning and ice spells and so on and so forth but they're pretty easily taken down but it's just cool that they threw that in there there's all kinds of little references to past games just all over the effing place and that's one of them it's just like wow so cool you know if you hadn't played castlevania 3 you wouldn't catch it but if you did play castlevania 3 and you caught it it's just one of those things like man it's really neat that they put that in there like the people that made this game genuinely loved its predecessors which i Again, it's just like wow, they, you know, they they were thinking of us, or you know, they're actually fans, or whatever. Just it's so cool, and yeah, you get those five items, and uh, you can run through the second castle actually much faster than you did the first one because you now have this just huge skill set and uh, as you're going through the second castle you are able to find um, all of the Alucard weapons and stuff, and uh, just become OP as shit. And uh, cheese your way through, and then you fight Dracula, who might be might be the easiest boss battle 
of them all, uh, as far as Dracula's are concerned. I can't think of one that uh, in any other Castlevania game where Dracula went down like uh, like such a bitch. But mm-hmm. um, again, they were trying to make this game a lot easier. Uh, he does he like does the standard Dracula shit, which you beat him real quick, and then he now you'll see my final form, and he comes out and he's like this big giant demon looking thing with two heads if I remember right I'm not even sure that I am remembering it right but I beat him in like a hit or two I'm probably two I don't know but he he went down real you quick. can beat this guy if it takes you more than 30 seconds you've done something wrong right. the entire game yeah he is terribly easy <laughs> death too when you fight death finally it's like the easiest death of all the Castlevanias um but you know again they were trying to make this game easy it is that, so if you're not looking for a challenge, Symphony of the Night is definitely for you. Great game regardless. But yeah, you beat Dracula, and depending on how much of the castle that you have explored, which, I don't know, I couldn't find it on the PSP version. James, could you find where it told you how much you'd explored? Yeah, it was uh, right when you loaded up, right? Oh, maybe it was. <laughs> I always thought that... Maybe, maybe I, might be, I, might be remembering, I might be remembering like the PlayStation version, but I, I thought it was right when you loaded up, because I was keeping track of it somewhere. Oh, see, I wasn't at all. I was like, where is this shit? Like, I was making sure that I was visiting everything. You know, I had like a, a map that I pulled on my phone that I was like, okay, oh, there's an area over here. I got to figure out how to get there. With Try not to spoil how to get to areas for myself but mm-hmm. like not letting myself pass those areas up you know what i mean so when when you beat the game if you have x amount of it done you get the quote-unquote good ending which really isn't any better than the bad ending i, I think it's like maria and alucard are both there by your side and then maria or rather alucard will say like well i have to go back to sleep now or something and if you get the good ending richter coerces her Maria, that is. He says, hey, why don't you go after him? If anyone can talk him into staying in this world, it's you. And she's like, oh, okay. And she runs off after Alucard to try and get him to stay up. And if you don't get the good ending, uh, she won't or something. It's like the only difference, which Lottie fucking da, who cares, right? Um, ending's not so great. Plays a, a cheesy pop type of uh, song that's the only bad song in the entirety of the game because this game has amongst the best music of any game ever made so fucking mm-hmm. good and then yeah they play a cheesy song and the end but then you're able to as you said kind of new game plus in the way of uh, the original PlayStation version you could type in your name as Richter and you would be able to uh, start the game as Richter Belmont like you did previously, except this time you play through the whole game as Richter. And the way he navigates areas that uh, uh had to use, say, the double jump or the, uh, the bat is Richter has a uh, Hadouken-type motion where he'll uh, jump in the air with a full-on dragon punch, and you can keep doing that motion to effectively fly um mm-hmm. kind of hard to control kind of shitty and then he has all of richter's moves you know um he doesn't level up in the way of actual levels but you can get heart retainers to get him more health i think which i only played as richter for maybe 20 30 minutes and was like yeah i'm good mm-hmm. but uh you're also able to play uh, on the PSP version as Maria, if after beating the game you type in your name as 
Maria. And did you get a chance to do that at all? Um, I have in the past. I didn't this round, but hmm. she does. She has a bunch of weird like spells she can cast that mm-hmm. she goes through. Throws like owls at people and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her main weapon is actually throwing an owl in front of her, and then it flies back. Uh, she can have three on screen at a time. They kind of have a uh, boomerang type motion. Um, that's about it. She can use a bird. Like when she jumps, she can use a bird to fly momentarily um, upwards, and you can continuously do that to fly. That's how she uh, navigates without the. Uh, bat spell or whatever and then yeah instead of um the normal sub weapons you would get with owl card or richter uh she gets a series of animal pals um in the way of like she's got the bird pal she's got the dragon the cat uh, i think there's a phoenix a turtle and they all have different abilities and you can item crush on all of them to do like a bigger more stellar ability um I did play as this uh, Maria for a little over an hour. I got about half the first castle done because you can just like power your way through. Um, she's really fast. She actually has a running speed a little faster than um, Al- Alucard. And uh, yeah, she's really easy to play as and it seemed it was really fun. But I was reading on it. There's really no reason to do it outside of killing some time. You don't get any additional endings or insight into what's going on. So kind of pointless. So yeah, that's, uh, gosh, am I forgetting? It feels like we should be talking another hour about Sim of the Night at least. Oh gosh, we could, but I think we should um, <laughs> let, our, let our fans check it out. I will say um, a couple of things, if that's all right. Uh, no, talk. I I felt like this game, I rarely say this, uh, could have used a little bit more story. Oh yeah. Um, I One of my favorite parts in the game is uh, how you save is you like, you go into the special save room, kind of like you do in Metroid, um, and you jump inside a coffin, yeah. and it swirls around, saves your progress. Well, there's one that you go into, and it looks funny. Um, and you jump into it, and you actually go into a dream world, and you learn about um, your mother and yeah. kind of how your mother interacted with the world. And it's actually a, a, someone's controlling it as a nightmare, so you're remembering it wrong, and you fight a battle. But um, I could use more of that. Um you know, they pepper a little bit of story here and there with Maria, but you only run into her, you know, what, two or three yeah. times throughout the game. Richter once or twice. So I could have used just a little bit more. Um, and then another thing I would have liked, uh, there's a couple of like weird, eerie, like I'll call it like creepy pasta moments in this game. Uh, one is when you, you're you in the, oh, I think it's the tower part of the castle on the, on the left side, and there's like confessional. Mm. And you like go in and you sit in the confessional and like randomly different things will happen to you based on what side you're sitting on and just, you know, just randomly. Like sometimes you'll yeah. gain health, sometimes something will attack you. Um, I don't think you can gain an item from that area. Yeah, you can actually. Um, great. You can, you can. Yeah, sometimes the parishioner, or right. rather not the parishioner, the uh, the priest, if you go into the confessional part and a good priest comes out, he will give you uh, grape juice, which is an item that can heal you for like five points or something. But uh, And this, there's like it has nothing to do with the story, nothing to do with the game, but mm-hmm. I, I wish there was just more of that spread out all over the game. Where there's yeah. these like weird, unexplainable things um, on the... If you climb up the tower, there's like this guy that's just hanging, like he hung himself. Yeah. 
Um, and there's like no explanation as to why that's there. Yeah. And I don't need one, but I'd like to have just more of that. There's so many like areas in this game. Like every area should have had some weird, creepy, just thing, you know, there just to like, yeah. we can all just talk about, well, that was kind of, you know, weird and creepy and nuts. Why was that there? Well, um, um, maybe have story behind it. Maybe not, but I don't know. You know about the, uh, the bird. Like if you go to the bottom On of the bottom. Yeah. And yeah. there's this bird. The telescope is right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's the? I know the telescope. You can see the ferryman like coming in. Yeah. Uh, what's the deal with the bird? The bird's just flying around, right? It's, it's just hanging out, and uh, every time that you go, you can sit there and watch him. There's no nothing that tells you that you can do this. You can watch the bird, and over a period of visits, he will um, lay eggs and then hatch eggs and teach his kids to fly, or her kids, I guess. Yeah. See, I think they, they should have that everywhere. Just some weird, creepy yeah, thing. Little things. Uh, just little things like that. Maybe have like some like scroll on the wall you can read about, like what happened to the guy that hung there. You know, why was, you know, or, or, or not, you know, just no, there, weird stuff like that. There are a lot of little things that uh, are just like random like that. Like there's the, I really like the, the stairs where you climb to the top of the stairs and then there's that iron ball and um, that's sitting on top of the, the monkey head or whatever that normally would be another monkey head turned the other direction spitting fireballs. And if you destroy that, that iron ball comes rolling down the stairs. If it hits you, it deals a great amount of damage. Now, if you're coming back from the other way, you can kill that enemy first and then that iron ball roll down and kill mm-hmm. all the enemies as you're going down. Just, that's cool. And then there's... um. Oh, I thought of another one a second ago, and I've lost it, James. I'm losing. Maybe I'm just so familiar with this game that those things just aren't like interesting anymore. uh, They do have have some, but I think they could use something everywhere. Yeah. Um, my favorite level, or my favorite area—it's not level. Um, in this entire, what's your favorite? While I uh, research, I mean. Gosh, I like the clock tower music the best. I think we talked about that in the music episode. I really enjoy that, like heavy guitars and stuff. I'm I'm into that kind of music. So when I first heard that, I was like, oh, I'm going to hang around here a lot. Um, aesthetically, I really like the Colosseum. I really like the uh, church areas. As you said, the confessional and stuff. Super cool. Um, uh, it's far as that uh, i don't know I, I like everything about the game i like the waterfall um uh, the uh, blah, 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 blah. i don't know the coliseum my, um, my favorite one um is all rocks quarters and the only reason i like oh, it yes. is because when you enter in and you're just like what the fuck's in all rocks and it like it builds to like you know you, you know you're gonna fight something yeah and it does not disappoint. It's a pretty good little boss battle, but it's like it, it, it suddenly like you get a little scared. Like, whoa, what am I, what's happening here? What is it, Allrocks? Where am I entering in? I'm entering into yeah. someone's like domain, someone's den, the lion's den. Like, what is going to happen to me? Yeah. And it, it, I love that part. I like. I wish they had more of that kind of stuff, more of that creepiness that you're just going to like. What's going to happen next? You know. I did, <laughs> but, I did like that because it's like. Who is Olrox and why does he need a yeah and yeah and it, he just turns out to be like a guy he's like what reading something when you walk up on him or I can't remember a weird green monster but it's like stuff like that so cool and you could, they could have had a little story behind him maybe have him talk to you maybe not but I don't yeah. know more stuff like that more creepiness make it scary yeah um, they did a good job in making this like trying to make this more serious than um, 
than its uh, predecessors. Because originally, you guys, you remember Castlevania was originally just based off of old movie tropes. You know, the the mm-hmm. Mummy, Frankenstein, you know, all these old 30s and 40s movies um, about monsters. Uh, that's basically what it was uh, all about. And then as time went on, it became more and more serious. And this is one of the last games that still kind of delves back into its past where it shows some of those movie monster type characters where they're not particularly scary they're more campy and this kind of rides the fence unfortunately some of the stuff that they meant to be serious like the opening dialogue between dracula and richter where um he says you know as i said what is a man but a miserable pile of secrets uh this is it was meant to be a very serious moment, but because of the poor voice acting and so on, it comes across as very campy. That's actually a mm-hmm. quote from a famous, I think French poet. And I can't remember the guy's name, but, um, kind of out of context in, in, in that, uh, sequence, the beginning sequence. And, uh, not nearly as bad a line as some people make it out to be, but the delivery makes it, I mean, I can't do it bad enough to, to give across, I mean, get across how bad all the acting in this game is. There's not a single voice actor in this game that is worth a damn. They're all horrific. Dracula's really bad. Richter is really, really bad. They're all just wooden and sound like they've never acted a day in their life, probably because they never have. These are probably interns or something, um, which was a problem back then, but Konami... These are the same guys that made Snatcher just a few years before who literally got together, you know, our pal Jeff Lupatin and the gang, genuine great voice actors with, you know, resumes and shrined in radio and, you know, commercials and and here's this big game they're making and they're like, ah, whoever you got. Um it detracted from the game a little bit the first time I played it, and now I just kind of like give in to the campiness the same way I would a B movie, and it actually makes the game better for me. <laughs> um, oh yeah, such a great ride! As as soon as I started getting into the game, as I said on the last episode, I was a little bit worried. Like, you know, I hadn't played this in a while. Maybe I was gonna end up hating it, or in the very least, not thinking it was as good as my memory remembered it to be. And yeah, there are some things about this game, James, you know, that I didn't really get into, uh, or was like, okay, this could be a little bit better, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we're talking about a game that is over 20 years old. Um, it really couldn't have been much better for the era that it came in. This game was an absolute masterpiece. It's still an absolute masterpiece. 100% worth any amount of money you pay for it, but it's, it's really cheap right now. Like it was going for a little bit higher than it should have been on the original PlayStation for a while because it was hard to get a hold of, uh, especially the uh, original black label variant. Um, the greatest hits was a little easier to find, but the black label variant used to go for about 50, 60 bucks. I think you'd get it now for like $35. I think that the green level variant is also right around 30. Uh, well worth it to own a physical copy of the game. You can play it like James and I did on the PSP for, I bought my copy for $11. (laughs) I cannot stress how much value that $11 gets you for the PSP. You get Rondo of Blood, which is a a game that is incredible in of itself. And 
in that game, you can unlock multiple ways to play it. You can play through as Maria. You can play through as Richter, um, the main character. Uh, there's another character I forget that you can unlock and play through as well. Um, and then you can unlock Symphony and Night, which we just got through talking about. An incredible game that you can spend you know, upwards of 20 hours on easily and have just a great time the entirety playing it. And then there's a, a third game that you can unlock, which is another variant of Rondo of Blood. So there's just so much you can do on this little PSP game. And like I said, I got it for 11 bucks. I don't know what you paid, James, but my God, if you don't have this in your collection and you own a PSP, I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know why I didn't buy it for years. I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things like, oh, I'll get that next week or I'll, oh, I'll pick that. I'll find that somewhere. And I just never did, never did, never did. And I'm just lucky that the damn thing didn't go astronomical in price because uh, it's just such value. And of course, you can also play this on PSN network. I think it is even on the uh, PSP network. I don't know if you can access that anymore. I think you still can. And it's probably on Vita as well. And I mean, you could probably yeah. play this on a microwave at this point. Um, just an excellent game though and if you've never played it and you like you know metroidvania type games or maybe you've played the other castlevanias for the gba or uh the ds or whatever i mean they all play similar like this plays a lot like aria of sorrow or circle the moon order of ecclesia it plays a lot like these games except this is the original and arguably it's the best i the only one i think comes close to touching it is the order of ecclesia i really enjoyed that one as well uh but this game is superb it is just wonderful so i urge any of you that have not played symphony night to go do so um yeah james um up next what do we got i believe we settled on deja vu is that correct that's correct which okay good yeah full disclosure i've already played through both one and two this is another game that i've been meaning to buy for years and years and years and years and years and james you'd mentioned on a previous episode that you own a copy and um i looked online on amazon and i don't know how many are still there but there was a guy selling these uh 100 factory sealed brand new yeah. uh, had nine of them for $30 a piece. And then there's guys on eBay trying to sell the same thing for, you know, 150, 200. And I thought long and hard after it came in at first, I didn't believe I was like, Oh, surely this is going to get to me and it's going to be resealed or something. But no, it got to me. The damn thing was factory sealed, never been opened. And I thought about it for a long time. I said, well, I finally thought, well, I didn't buy this not to play it. So I opened it up and I played it for the show. And uh, we'll get into what I thought about Deja Vu. If you're not familiar with Deja Vu, it's one of the Mac Venture games, a lot like uh, Shadowgate or The Uninvited for the original Nintendo. Um, this version is for the Game Boy Color, and it includes both the original Deja Vu, which could be found on the Nintendo, and also Deja Vu 2, which is ex exclusive to PC, and this version on the Game Boy Color. So... Okay, after that, um, we're going to do a new way to decide how to, uh, well, we'll get into that on the next episode. Um, 
but we're going to do a new system on how to decide how to what games we're going to be playing. Anyway, that's about it this time for Is It Worth It Podcast. If you want to find me, you can find me at RetroKel at, on Twitter. That's K-H-E-L. You can find James at James Milholland. On Twitter, you can find us both on Facebook at Is It Worth It Podcast, um, at Retro Game Core, that's C O R P S um, dot com. Uh, you can find us any number of ways. We're virtually everywhere, guys. Give a shout out to all the usual people the RPG show, Derek and Don, uh, Mike King and the gang over at Playing with Power, Terran Lightning, Bjorn over They're at. They're amazing. Yeah. They're amazing. All you guys are great. We love you all. Until then. Keep it real and keep it retro. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody.